0: In this edition of Real American Heroes, Dr. Daniel Amen on what it takes to keep your brain healthy in the midst of a pandemic. Welcome to another Real American Heroes coronavirus special edition. I'm Oliver North and our guest today is Dr. Daniel Amen, a renowned psychiatrist, a brain disorder specialist, and full disclosure, he's treating me for TBI. Dr. Amen is a former infantry medic a 12-time New York Times bestselling author and the founder and director of the Amen Clinics, treating patients in the USA and from over 120 countries. Dr. Amen and his wife, Tanya, have four children and five grandchildren. He's not even close to catching up with me. Doc, thank you for taking time to join us.
1: Colonel, what a joy to be with you.
0: Well, you're you're terrific. And you've done this a whole lot longer than I have, but let's just, just start with some questions here. What does the term, and I've heard you use it, global amygdala hijacking mean? And how does it relate to the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Well, the pandemic actually caused it. And the amygdala is the part of your brain that senses fear. And we have been scared beyond belief. And the the amygdala is so interesting. It's actually Greek for almond because it's an almond-shaped structure. And it responds to fear. And uh, you often wonder, what's the difference between people who can run toward fires like firemen or um, service people um, versus people who run away from fires? And it's often the activity in this area of your brain. So if it's sleepy, if it's quiet, you can... um, Be in a firefight and be calm during it, or you can completely fall apart. And it's not just because you want to or you don't want to; it actually has to do with the function of the amygdala. And given the what's happened during the pandemic, people are so afraid that they're just in this what I call a global amygdala um hijacking and but you know what's the difference between the people who not left their house in three months versus those spring breakers that were on the beach in Florida and it often has to do with the function in that part of their brain and forever I've been saying you know some anxiety is good The don't worry be happy people actually die the earliest from accidents and preventable illnesses. So you need a little bit of anxiety to do the right thing.
0: So is there a cure for this or is it beholding on those of us who report it, uh, the way the government's reacting?
1: Well, the cure is good
0: information
1: and then managing your mind. You know, when this thing started for me, it was March 10th. i just released a new book, The End of Mental Illness, and I was on a, a book tour and they shut down new york <laughs> i was <laughs> going to be on a television show the whole show is about my work and um you know part of me i was grateful not to get on the plane but that night i wrote mental hygiene is as important as washing your hands so we really have to do a good job of managing our minds so that i call them the ants the automatic negative thoughts don't steal our happiness and then just perpetuate this global amygdala hijacking.
0: You, you've, I've heard you say you don't like that term, mental illness. Why, why do you say you dislike this designation?
1: Um, because it's wrong. And um, so I've been a psychiatrist nearly 40 years. I trained at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C. and um, When I first started looking at the brain, I realized we really weren't dealing with mental health issues. We were dealing with brain health issues. And what we discovered, we now have an imaging database of 160,000 scans on patients from 155 countries. And what we realized is if I help you get your brain right, your mind will follow. And unfortunately, my dad just died a few weeks ago. And when I told him I wanted to be a psychiatrist, he asked me why I didn't want to be a real doctor, why I wanted to be a nut doctor and hang out with nuts all day long. And it hurt my feelings. But years later, I really understand it, that the whole profession of psychiatry sort of looked down on. Nobody really wants to see a psychiatrist. No one wants to be labeled as defective or abnormal. But everybody wants a better brain. And so I argue, well, what if mental health was brain health? we would decrease the stigma, increase compliance, because everybody wants a better brain.
0: You know, uh, we're constantly hearing immunity. Is the, is the key to dealing with the COVID virus. Is there a connection between our moment to moment thoughts and immunity?
1: So your best defense against this pandemic is your immune system. Um, I know everybody's waiting for a vaccine and they're waiting for the right medicine. Your best defense is how, you, how healthy and strong your own immune system is. And what we learned is that negative thoughts, thoughts that are angry, irritable, hopeless, helpless, damage the immune system. They actually make you weaker. So I'm concerned with everybody hiding out inside, being isolated, lonely, and not getting sunshine, which actually boosts vitamin D, which is a major contributor to the health of your immune system, um, we have to do a better job of teaching people to strengthen that. You know, we're spending trillions of dollars. And, and nobody's talking about getting people well, because it's the people who are struggling that COVID-19 really jumps on and hurts more.
0: This partially explains, I think, maybe the idea of You've got an upper respiratory issue, a, a disease that affects your ability to breathe, and we go out and we collect as many pieces of toilet paper as we can? I mean, that is... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know their amygdala's working too hard, where fear um, and then forethought. So there's always this dance in the brain between the amygdala deep in the brain and your frontal lobes. So the front part of your brain is the most human part of your brain. It's involved in executive functions like forethought, and judgment, impulse control, and it allows you to see the future. And so, if your frontal lobes are sleepy and your amygdala is hot, you're going to just be operating out of fear rather than um, just being smart and planning ahead of time and I have to tell you my wife is a planner she's been planning for the end of the world for decades and I am never going to be able to say no to her again when she wants to buy something
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's wisdom see wisdom so is is that's the kind of thing that really is important we got about half a million viewers and, and listeners to this broadcast I'm wondering is there a way to you, for you to be able to communicate how to keep our brains healthy during a pandemic like we're experiencing today?
1: You bet. It's so important. And in the end of mental illness, I talk about tiny habits. You know, the smallest thing you can do today, that will make the biggest difference. And there are three I really like a lot. Whenever I get up, Like when my eyes open in the morning, I have a ritual where I just say to myself, today is going to be a great day. And when I woke up this morning, I knew we were going to talk and it just made me happy. So if you start the day with today is going to be a great day, your mind will actually find why why it's going to be a great day. And it just sets it up to be more positive. Um, When you go to bed at night, what I do is I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And it's, it always amazes me all the cool things I find um, that, you know, cause like you, I'm busy and I just sort of glossed over these truly amazing things, even in a pandemic that happened. So learning to manage your mind, plus that sets your dreams up to be more positive and you're going to sleep better. But what people forget when it comes to their mind is the mind is created by your brain. And so when your brain's not right, your mind's not right. And another little habit as I go through the day is I ask myself, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And, you know, so a lot of people have resorted to marijuana. alcohol, eating starchy, sugary foods to manage their anxiety and stress. All of those are bad for the brain. And so I don't want people doing things that help them feel good now, but not later. And so really it's what can I do that helps me feel good now and later. So things like the music you love to listen to, exercising, Um, meditation, prayer can be so positive, they can help you calm down, but they don't hurt you. It serves your health rather than hurts your health. So it's that one question and quite frankly, most second graders will know the answer. Is this good for your brain or bad for it?
0: I've heard you mention the term pandemic squared. Tell our viewers and listeners what you mean by that.
1: Well, I mean, everybody knows that we're in a pandemic. That's not a secret. But the next pandemic is going to be a mental health pandemic. Uh, The incidence of domestic violence, divorce, depression, addiction. Colonel, there's this one statistic that should just horrify us all. For every percentage point, the unemployment rate goes up opiate addictions go up three and a half percent. And so addictions in general are just going to skyrocket. And in the end of mental illness, I talk about if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And we know what they are. And there's a mnemonic I use called Bright Minds And it's really prophetic because those same risk factors, if you get COVID-19, it's more likely to take you out. So for example, in Bright Minds, B is for blood flow. And we know people with cardiovascular issues like hypertension have a higher risk of mortality. The R is retirement and aging. The older you get, the more vulnerable you are to having trouble. I is inflammation. We know COVID kills people by causing something called a cytokine or inflammatory storm. The N is neurohormone deficiencies. Brand new study out, low testosterone is a risk factor for mortality with COVID-19. D is diabetes, and that's the wicked one, where you're overweight and diabetic. and I published two studies, I have a new study coming out on 35,000 scans that show as your weight goes up, the actual physical size and function of your brain goes down. And it's a major risk factor for mortality. And and the thing that, that concerns me with all the money we're spending, I mean, we're basically spending our grandchildren's money. Um, no one's talking about why the u.s has four percent of the world's population but 33 percent of the world's cases and higher mortality than many countries and it's because we are sick as a society when 72 percent of us are overweight 42 percent of us are obese it's the biggest brain drain in the history of our country and i was horrified i was on capitol hill um i think it was about two years ago and they were talking about relaxing military um requirements to allow more overweight people into the military because they were having trouble recruiting and i'm like now shouldn't be we really be working on getting our society healthy rather than relaxing the requirements for the people we need to be performing at a high level.
0: Look at uh, 50 years from now, uh, my great-grandchildren are going to be studying about this extraordinary time in our his- in nation's history. What do you want them to know about what my good friend Daniel Amen did? Well, I'm trying to lead the revolution. So in the end of
1: mental illness, I. When I finished the book, it just was really crystallized to me. The end of mental illness will begin with a revolution in brain health. And so what I'm trying to do is train as many people to be involved in that revolution, Uh, training other doctors, uh, trainers, to get people really excited. Because with a better brain always comes a better life.
0: You're the best. My thanks again for being with us today and providing facts that our fellow Americans can use in these challenging times. We're going to continue documenting the history of this never-before-crisis with these special coronavirus episodes. If this Real American Hero special broadcast has been informative, helpful, or encouraging, take time now to subscribe and let me know how these unprecedented events have affected you and yours. By doing so, you too can become part of this historical record of how America persevered and once again prospered. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for US Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now America, press on, press on.